Welcome to Men Are Nots, a podcast about mental health, emotional health, psychological health, physical health, awareness in men, women and society. First, it started with MAN, the acronym for Men Are Nots. And we have a very special guest on the show for you today. And she is living in a place, my favourite football team, been my favourite football team for a very long time. In case you didn't know, introduce yourself. Hello. Um, I am Laura, Laura Malcolm Nuttall. Um, I am head of the PG and wellbeing with Laura. I'm a training integrative counsellor and coach. Uh, and yeah, it's a pleasure to be here today. Thank from, you, Andrew. From the moment she came on, I know I had to ask, I mean, I've already spoken to her before on, on Instagram and, and I just heard the accent and I had to ask again, I had to make sure that <laughs> can you say can you say for the audience Liverpool yeah I'm from Liverpool guys <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'm Laura and I'm from Liverpool you know just like uh, with Scylla isn't it <laughs> oh, oh, oh yeah Scylla Black yeah <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah I remember that was a long time um, so Laura from Liverpool um how how are things there? How are things at the moment? What's what's life at the moment like for you in Liverpool? Um, yeah, things are things are like slowly creeping back to a bit more, you know, normal, yeah. whatever normal is. But yeah, um, you know, things are opening up. Um, it's been I've been through quite a lot with I've got three young children, so like lockdown with three young children being at home was um really quite difficult. Um, so yeah, just getting back to the things that we used to do, filling our life up with those things, you know, like all those little clubs and football and those interests and all that lack of that really was quite hard um, last year. And, you know, the beginning of this year um, and yeah, just um, enjoying a bit more social, but then sometimes it can be a little bit overwhelming, kind of, you know, when life gets busy yeah. again. Yeah. 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 So we're in 2021. So for those who've been listening to this in a couple of years' time, you know, you've probably heard on the podcast there's been a um, pandemic and things have been happening around the world. Um, and it started last year. Well, it started the year before, to be honest, but it started this year. But now, how are the restrict? I mean, I think I read today something about was it today or yesterday? Some the restrictions are not going to be fully open. Have you heard of that? It's a little bit longer, isn't there? Before things fully, another month, another month before things fully open. So, uh, so what what we're looking at is it things like weddings? You know, is it going to be like? Are they saying that it's four weeks and then everything's just going to be open? It should be open. I still think there's limitations on that. I'm sure there's still numbers. It's not like full freedom. Freedom. Um, freedom. Um, I, I remember reading again. I mean, I don't know if I read it. I read it or something last year where there was a guy. Some people were praising. It was at the council for Liverpool or something. It was something to do with gym. There was a guy that kept. It became famous. There was a guy who had a gym, who decided to keep his gym open, from Liverpool. Oh yeah, I saw that. Yeah, yeah, that was really. Um... 
he was really fighting for there was a lot of that going on really because the gyms were really up in arms weren't they because you know fitness is a real benefit to our you know our mental well-being and, and it was really people were really passionate about that um so yeah there was a bit of a movement going on and that guy made a stand but he, he got fined a lot he did get fined a lot for it but i think lots of people he did like a crowdfunder oh, yes. and a lot of people contributed to help out yeah, but yeah. yeah he was making a stand wasn't he um because it is it was something that i felt strongly about because i'm really i use for you know exercise for my own well-being yeah, yeah. um and and you know to lose that especially when we were already losing a lot of our freedoms was, was really um hard yeah yeah wasn't it? Yeah, because he became. I remember seeing. I thinking, gosh, yes, you know, good on you for doing that. Because how did it? How did I know you? How how, how do you, you know when you people that you spoke to? How did they feel about this the situation? Were they feeling strongly about the situation and about which the lockdown or the, the situation with the guy with the gym and he's kind of fighting back? Some people thought it was um, a silly. Thing to do in oh you know just follow the rules there's always them two camps isn't there like yeah, yeah. the ones who are really just you know full, fully accept what's imposed but then there's others who stand up against it so there's a bit of both really and yeah yeah there's just both I hate both sides to that really yeah yeah um, I was gonna say to you as well for listeners out there can you tell them where Liverpool... I mean, we've had people on the, on the show before from Liverpool. What's Liverpool like? What's it like to live? Have you lived, you know, kind of, have you lived your life? What's, what are the people like? I, I know, because there's a lot of comedians that come from Liverpool. Liverpool, I'm saying yeah. hey, and I'm saying it now. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, just tell us what No, like. I've lived here all my life. Yeah, I was born in Liverpool. All my family are from Liverpool. Um, yeah, it's... I think it's re- It's so friendly. Yeah. Um there is a real sense of community um you know people are chatty there does this doesn't tend to be that you know the barriers are quite down people are quite down to earth we're very sociable you know we're always up for parties and like that you know it's any excuse for party um yeah yeah it just yeah very friendly and open and help you know open to helping each other and stuff i mean you know as with any city there's good and bad isn't there and i'm not saying that everyone's like that um you know there's areas where you know it's not the best but um there's areas that are so yeah but yeah in general most people are very open and down to earth and and yeah funny Quite a lot of humour, isn't it? Yeah, 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 there is. There's, over the years, there's been many comedians come from there. And I think there's another guy now coming out there called Paul something who's who's quite popular. Um, and what's it, you know, do you live in the set, central or do you live on the outskirts? You know, are you... I live um, south of Liverpool. Like, um, do, you, do you know Liverpool, don't you? Yeah, do you know? Yeah. Do you know much? Yeah, so, like, towards... Like, Whispeak Airport is, and then there's, yeah, yeah. like, Egbeth and then Town. Like, in between, probably, Egbeth and Speak Airport, around there. Walton. Yeah, yeah. So you yeah, get, you get, mixed, you get a bit, bit of a mixture of... You're able to get into town, but you're able to come back out again. Yeah, 
yeah, it's quite far like the taxi down as well. Costs quite a lot of things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but then there's the local places around here which are lovely for a drink now. Like you don't even have to go to town. You know, you can go like like Bolton where I live, or there's a place called Lark Lane which is really lovely. Dead Bohemian. Um, yeah. So there's different little places you don't have to go into town. Yeah. But then in town there's great places now. There's a place called like the Baltic Market, which is brilliant. You know, there's all little um, little independence there, which yeah. is you know really great. Yeah. And for the listeners out there, I mean, we know the you know the, the famous things that are coming from Liverpool is um, Liverpool FC. But name some, tell the listeners out there what is there anyone else that's come from Liverpool that's been quite famous? Beatles, yeah. the Be- Beatles. Obviously the Beatles, Beatles yeah. Beatles, yes. Obviously them, yeah. Um, there's some good actors there, isn't there? There's some good actors and actresses these days. I mean, I don't know if you watched Killing Eve. She's a local. She went to St. Julie's School, which is around the corner. I don't know what her name is now, but she's an amazing actress. And then um, the other guy, Stephen Graham, who I absolutely love, who's on um, some really good shows. So there's really and lots of comedians. Yeah, what, where, do, where do you think where do you think um, Liverpool gets? Because I I found that yes with a lot of comedians have come from there, but Liverpool, the Liverpool people in general tend to be quite, like you said, they're quite um, kind of happy and, and not, like you say, not saying everyone, but in, in a, as a general kind of thing. Because I know when I've went, gone there a few times, you, you speak to somebody and, they, and it's a joke that comes out. The laugh, you, you ask them about, oh, are you, are you from the blue side or the, the, the red side? And they might say Tranmere. I don't know. They they, they 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 have a laugh. Where do you think that comes from? Is it is is it something inbred in them to to be happy and and jovial, or is it where does that come from? Mm, it's interesting, that isn't it? Um, is that every is that every living person you've met or scouser you've met? Sorry, say, yeah. Sorry, say that again. Is that what every? So is that your experience of, of everyone you've met? Yeah, that's it's my experience. When we've, when from we, Liverpool? When, yeah, when I've been there for a night out or whatever, we've gone there yeah. and people, you know, we've even been stuck in an elevator or walking down, is it near the near the pier and all that? Yeah, I think, no, not near, yeah. Near, near the, yeah, it's a pier there, it's, you know, in the city centre. And, it, you know, it just seems to be a, a lively place. And, and I feel that probably it might come from um, they, tr- they like to make a connection, like, so when you're, you know, you might be someone from a different place or whatever, you know, it's like you're trying to seek that connection, aren't you, with the other person, and so, like, having that, like, bit of, like, humour, humour can create that connection, can't it, whereas, like, if you're not, it's probably a bit more, you don't, you don't break down that barrier as easily, so using that is like, oh, we're connected now, and then, you, yeah, know, you, you then go on <laughs> so yeah just probably trying to seek that and I think we do like to like I've said before we're quite social people and you know I feel that we're quite sociable so that's seeking that connection isn't it yeah definitely and um so you, you, you you're from Liverpool you're based in Liverpool um I mean like I say I'm a Liverpool fan myself and we, we've had we've ended the 30 years of hurt um I've been a, a long 30 years, so I'm sure the Liverpool people of Liverpool are a lot more happier now. 
Yeah. Um, well, not the blues. Well, not the. <laughs> um, yeah. Not the blues. It's, it's you know when when we win something like when the, the last few times when we really you know the streets are just absolutely alive. You know what I mean? Everyone's out. There's you know you can feel it in the air. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. And we're talking about. I mean, you know, we've been talking about. You know, we're talking about the place that you're growing up, and 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 you. We're going to talk about you, about your life, and and what's brought you to you this point now. Do you do you feel still? Do you feel that even living in Liverpool? Do you feel that there's there's people struggling with mental health, and is 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 it a big thing? Is there stigma that surrounds it? Yeah, yeah, it's a big thing everywhere. Yeah. Um, I I feel um, and yes, yeah, there is still stigma. Um, I think a lot of people were experiencing mental health issues before, and then even now, in the last you know year or so, it's just really highlighted that so much more and put so much other um pressures on it, and you know. The stigma, I feel that, you know, COVID has really had a positive impact on the stigma because I think it's got us talking about it and it's definitely raised awareness because it was a lot more unspoken before, even though it was going on. Um, And so that is a great thing, but the impact of COVID is a bad thing because it's obviously put more pressure on it. so, but in Liverpool, um, my, you know, my knowledge of how much mental health is impacting, yeah, you know, and it impacts, it impacts us all, you know, mental ill health at some point in our lives. It can, um, you know, we all have mental health, but it's not, you know, we have to maintain it, don't we? Yeah. yeah. Um, maintain our health. Um, so yeah, it's it's. It's everywhere. Yeah. That's my um, view of it. I was going to ask you as well. Do you feel because we just to kind of go back to that thing where we asked, the last question where we asked you about the the humour. Do you feel that the scouse the scouse humour humour as, as it's called is very unique? And do you feel that that's because it's part of the culture? It helps. It's helping. It helps people who who may be struggling in the day to day. The humour, the laughter. Um, and the jokes. Do you think that's something that helps with um, people that may be going through through things on a day to day basis? Yeah, yeah, um, and I think that is very much dependent on how much you interact with other people and how much you put yourself in those like community situations. Or so it's how much you get out there because yeah, people, other people will most of the time make you feel better unless they're a negative person and they're going to make you feel worse but usually a community you know being part of a community and even my own experience of that is just like even going to a local gym or being part of different groups you might work in or whatever being around others is uplifting um because you know it feeds into your identity and yet yeah, humor and just that chit chat and nice um having a laugh yeah it can lift you can't it yeah, yeah. so yeah, I think it does have a positive, but it depends on who you're around, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the reason why I say that is because 
we might have one city that doesn't, even particularly with the last year, we might have one city that doesn't, it's not necessarily known for its humour. You've got one city that is, and it'd be interesting to find, to, 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 to kind of find out if people were more generally, in a sense, generally more happy in a place where people um, made humour and poked fun at life particularly during this last year with this with yeah. this, with this yeah. pandemic. So, I mean, yeah, it would be interesting to know that, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. if there was a survey you could do <laughs> to yeah. see that. Because I think taking life less seriously helps, doesn't it? You know, we've got to be able to laugh at ourselves and be like, you know, because what else are you going to do? It's laugh or cry, isn't it? <laughs> Let's talk about let's talk about your journey. Oh, yeah. But, uh, one more thing before I do. I remember reading this. I remember reading this thing or seeing. Was it? I read. I think it was in the Guardian or something a couple of years ago. And I thought, oh yes. And it basically said um, the Liverpool women are, are supposed to be one of the best dressed in in the UK. I don't know if you heard that one, but um, they were, they were, it was a joke. Oh, yeah. was, I love that one. <laughs> yeah, they were supposed to be the best. And, and they were saying that, and what they were doing, they were comparing, comparing with other cities, but comparing it with London, where you'd, where people was, you would expect them to dress, in, you know, in a certain way. But what they were saying is that Liverpool, the ladies in Liverpool tend to have go out in the daytime and the, and the, and they have the hair done, or they have the hair and walk around in rollers, ready for the night out. Oh and, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I remember, I remember coming up there and seeing. I was going, what? Did you see them? Did I you see, see them out with the rollers? Yeah, seeing some people with the rollers, I seen <laughs> some of them going shopping with, and they dress like they, like they've like they're on a night out. I'm thinking, wow. Um, and it, it was refreshing to see. Do you see what I mean? It was refreshing to see, you know, the the, the eyelashes and stuff like that, and the walking around shopping. Um, and it was, you know, it was, you know, it's, it's nothing. It's, it's it's done in good taste, and and it was. I kind of connected it to that story of the women in in. Um, being voted the best dressed in the UK, so yeah. Whereas yeah. women, women in London tend to wear kind of like jeans at the time. They just wore jeans. Whereas um, in Liverpool, girls yeah, get dressed up. Get dressed up, yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, there is a big. They, they make a lot of effort. Liverpool girls, lots of effort. You know, the beauty salons, the hairdressers, yeah. the eyelashes, and um, I have false eyelashes. I'll admit that. <laughs> I was, I love, you know, it's one thing that I, I, I um, count as a necessity. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, we do take a lot of pride in That's what it is, um, pride. how we look yeah, and um, like to get dressed up and like to make an effort and, and feel nice. So yeah, there is there is a lot of that in yeah. Liverpool. And, you know, I've heard loads of times, you know, there's lots of men I've got you know like old Liverpool girls you know you know they've got a reputation for being quite quite high standard yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's a nice thing isn't it and yeah, always the accent like goes down well <laughs> yeah and like the races you know when the races are on you know every every salon's booked out and the, the outfits are it's it's just another level yeah 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 yeah, and they're always called Liverpool a working, yeah, I can say, called a working class city, and I think that's what comes from it, isn't it? There's humour, they're able to able to kind of let go of themselves and not care about the world and just enjoy the night or whatever it, it may be. Um, so let's talk about your journey um, and you know what's life 
like been like for you growing up um kind of just took us from your childhood and and just so we understand where where you you have ended up yeah um so my my childhood was very um really really happy um and just lovely memories up until probably i was like 13 and then my mum and dad separated but prior to that you know our home was like you know very we had lovely things we had lovely holidays we um it just was perfect really um the my both my mum and dad come from broken homes and they got together very young um they got together at like 13 which was probably always destined to not really be the best thing because they clung together for security and um they needed something and they found that in each other so and i i had a very like rosy um rose tinted view of like my mum and dad were perfect and i you know i i just um thought it was forever and and then yeah at 13 they separated but they separated really amicably not you know and always stayed friends they they just decided that they didn't love each other which was really help i think that helped in my you know further growing up because it didn't have that you know that you know negative experience of parents um fighting and all that so i was really like lucky and thankful for that um but then my dad my dad actually went away he went to work in like germany so dad wasn't around and i i never thought that that really affected me but only since I've done my counselling studies, I've reflected on. I think it did, you know, and it's really played a lot of a part in yeah. how I feel about myself later. So that at that time, I didn't feel like that was. Um, I've always said to myself, "Oh no, it, you know, it didn't affect me." And I think you think things don't, but they they do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, so growing up. Yeah. Um, Do you have brothers? And, have you have, have you got brothers and sisters? I've got a sister. I've got one sister. She was like seven years younger than me. Okay, so you were the oldest. You were the oldest when I am the eldest. So thirteen, split up, seven years. Oh, didn't matter. Seven, five years old. So it would have would. Do you think that it would have impacted you because you were the older one? More. <laughs> Impacted, it definitely impacted us both in different ways, yeah. um, which we've both sort of come to um, realise because I was really lucky that I had the best, I had loads of memories and I think when you're, when you're like, I was older so I had memories of mum and dad and family life whereas my sister didn't because she was so young. So she missed out on the best and she never has memories of our family life. Um, and I think she sort of like resented me a bit for that because it was like, oh, well, you, you know, you had that, and I did, and I, it was, you know, it was really lovely. Um, but it definitely affected us both in different ways because my sister, sister ended up going to live with my dad away, left mum, um, and me and my mum had a lot of problems. Um, in I resented my mum and blamed my mum. Or my my mum and dad splitting up, and I, I think I just idolised my dad and um, had to blame someone. Yeah, yeah. I blamed mum, 
So, you know, we've got Sorry, um, it cut out then. Sorry, Laura. It, it cut out then. You might have to go a little back a bit. Can you hear me? I can hear oh, yeah. you. Can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah, you have to go back yeah. a bit because and and because okay. a lot of it cut out then. Okay. Where was the turn the Teenager. It's still cutting. It's still cutting out. You hear me? Yeah. Can you hear me now? Now. Technical hitches. Okay. Going, can well, you hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you now. But I think you, you, you spoke about when your your sister resented you, and um, she went to she went to Germany, um, and then you kind of yeah. resented your mum. You blamed your mum like, up to this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was really just like that, you know, the the breakup and. Can you hear me? Yeah, let me ch- let me do something because I don't know if it's a Zoom. Okay. I don't know if it's to do with Wi-Fi here. Let me change my um, change my connection. Switch to my phone Wi-Fi because it, 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 it's, it's very windy here at the moment, so it seems like it's cutting it out. Right. Okay. Is that recording now? Yeah, it's still recording. Yeah. So okay. you you said you resented your mum. You know, I always I always find that, and, I, and, and, and you know, and you kind of kind of said it then. In a, in a, in a, it's, it's comes to a point where we we idolise our parents, and we think there can be. Nothing can go wrong or, you know, I never had that. But what I mean is in terms of, we think that they're immortal. 
we think that the you know the sun shines out the whatever um, and it's not until something happens in this situation like you said is until not until this has happened where you start to realize oh you know I'm older than I'm old I'm 13 years old this, this is happening they're not as we thought there was and it could be sickness as well sickness has a when you see them as sick you, you grow up and you think oh they're never going to be sick <laughs> you never see them yeah. sick and then all of a sudden they're sick and you go oh my god they're not they're just as you know they're just not human they're human, human. Yeah, as us human. yeah as well. massively and I, that's a realisation I've come to have very recently in I carried my I I idolised my dad and he still is my hero like I mean you know he really is but only recently he went through something where I saw him at a really low point and a weak point and I'd always held him as um, massively like this you know this really really you know strong character which I just wouldn't accept probably any criticism of either you know I was always finding oh well it's because of this it's because of that and as well um, because you have such high expectations of something like someone you can you get disappointed you know if they don't live up to that and then I've let go and gone you know what he's only human and he's trying his best and and that's something I carried for a long time you know Um, and probably because I didn't want it's just looking for someone to blame isn't it in things sometimes and um, when the breakdown of the marriage happens it's like you know but it can't be them it's got to be them you know well both of them were probably as equal to blame you know in reality but yeah at that age did you was there any point did you ever think to yourself looking back now do you ever, do was, there, was there ever a point where you thought to yourself, is it me? Is it us? Is it me or my sister? Are we... To, are we do, do you know what I mean? Because sometimes as children, uh, we can look at ourselves and think, it might have been, are we to blame? And I know it as... I know it, you know, you get to a certain age. Particularly, with, I think boys tend to be a bit more... held hold it in a bit more um, when... The, yeah. when it, not, I'm not saying it affects both of us, both men and women different. But boys, because they hold it in for so long, it can come out in other ways. It can come out in, yeah. you know, anger in terms of violence yeah. and all that sort of stuff. And we tend to hold it under that one, shouting. And even things at school, getting problems at school. Um, how yeah. How did that affect your... You said it affected your relationship with your mum. Did it affect other areas of your life? At the time, I never felt to blame. Mm. But... Um, more recently, and and this is where I was saying, I think it's actually impacted in probably who I am and how I feel about myself in relation mainly to self-worth. Um, because I think a connection is, because my dad left, and my dad left and left and went far away, didn't stay around the corner. And I've only, like, I've had my children in the last years I would never having the feeling of if if ever like he had a marriage breakdown I would never go far away why did dad leave me and go that far away mm. how did I feel at that time I didn't I thought about me as that 13 year old girl and went how would that feel why is why is dad choose not to stay nearby yeah. um and 
And then I felt really sad about that and I thought, right, that would feel like, well, why am I not important enough? Those questions of like, well, why am I not um, enough that he wants to be near me? Um, and I never really thought I felt that because I can't remember feeling that. Yeah. But then why do I, in my life since then, and as, as I was saying, as I, I'll touch on in a minute, um, growing up, I then, when dad wasn't around, I developed like an eating disorder. I threw myself into exercise. I feel now, looking back at that, I did that probably because I didn't love myself. I had a lot, a lack of self-love, a lack of self-esteem, feeling lost, feeling unloved, uh, feeling not worthy. And even now, I still struggle with self-esteem and I'm, and I've, I've got no reason to, because I've, you know, yes, I've yes. fulfilled a lot of things and I've done, and it's always me seeking to, to make myself proud. And, and then I think that's related to making dad feel proud of yeah, me yeah. because dad wasn't there. And, yeah, yeah. and so all that connection, I've only come to realise these are things I've been doing in life, but actually it's probably because I felt I wasn't enough for him to stay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's what it is. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, how you're feeling now, even though you cannot remember how you... It's subconscious, isn't it? It's your subconscious. And this is what I, in my course of study, I do psychodynamic yeah. um, theory, which is all related to those, you know, your childhood experiences yeah. building into who you are. And it's yeah. subconscious. Yeah. A lot of people, when we say trauma, when we say trauma, people often associate this word, this word, this, this word, trauma, as a as a very kind of strong and it is a strong word but it, when they say trauma they think oh you know trauma in, a car crash or a, crash. a very violent thing yeah. or yeah anything like that or you know you know yeah you know, abuse or whatever it is but we're all different and what can affect one person might not affect another person so you know that's clearly that clearly was a trauma to you because you were the older one and even though like you said your sister and that was a good point you made there where you said it affected you both of, it affected both of you in different ways um, because she but she, it's funny because she wouldn't have had your experiences because you're the older one the more mature one so she wouldn't have seen the the, the it's, 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 it's really hard to kind of distinguish between which one's more or which one's less because you've grown up and then it's been cut and she uh-huh. didn't have any and doesn't see it uh-huh. so it's hard to work out which one would but obviously it depending on how it affects that person because I know that not having a parent can um, affect you long term and it can yeah. and it can impact your life um, you know we're talking Possibly. about man and woman together we're talking about you know, with people that we see as a parent, the mum and the dad, and we role modeling, role modeling. And it, like man. you said, you, you you idolize them, you're looking at them, and then what happens is all of a sudden they're not there. Yeah. And I, and that's yeah. what I was asking. I was asking you then. Do you feel that it? Do you was it? Do you feel that at the time? Were you feeling at the time that your was it was it me to blame and? And like I say, it can, it can come out in other ways. And sometimes we can hold it in and it comes out in other areas of our life, but we don't realise it until we're older. Um, what was your life like at school and around that time and, and things like that? What you can remember? 
Um, I just, I'll answer that in one second. I just touch on that what you just said then though about like trauma and about um, you know, these things that happen to us. I don't know how much you you know about. Do you know about like something called ACEs, which is adverse childhood experiences? Yeah, you know, so that's 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 their trauma. They're like traumas that happen to us on the growing up, and yet trauma is a word that I think uh, you know it's one of them that I think we need to break down stigma around because um, trauma can be so many different things, um, and we can have like multiple traumas, and they they all you know th- we'll all have to process them and carry them with us, and so yet they're really. Um, and yet you can sometimes bury it, but you know, it's proven that the more adverse childhood experiences or slash like traumas you have will impact your physical well-being related to your mental well-being as well. Um, in life, you know, you might, you actually have, it's proven there's like it can shorten your life, it can create addictions, it can yeah. um, create destructive behaviours. Um, so there's so, and you know, it's not saying that um, you're gonna end up with these negative um, impacts from it. You can actually have positive protective factors that help yeah. you get over them. Because I did. I had a my, my mum and dad were quite amicable. I still was loved. I still felt safe. I still felt cared for. So that was the best of that. But it yeah. still impacted you. Yeah. So you know, they're really, really important, aren't they? In making us who we are. Right. right, because I remember there was a there was a lady who spoke on on it, and she and she and she said that basically there was a, a child, even a child being picked up from school, expects their parents to be picked up at the same time at the right time every single day. And when the child, when this child wasn't picked up on that day, the child would cry their eyes out. And we just and we sit there and go, oh, it's okay, it's okay. But that could be a trauma because. It's a trauma of this person not knowing if this person is going to collect us, and it seems like a long time as a child. Um, you know, five minutes, ten minutes, whatever, half an hour can seem like a long time for a child who's dependent on that parent to come and pick them up, um, and that can cause yeah. trauma um, later on. Um, so yeah it's, yeah, it's very, it's very important. Um, so you. Yeah, sorry. There's loads of things about like you know. Attachment theory, isn't it? That that relates to as well. You know, um, how how because say someone is insecurely attached. Well, then if they did get left for that amount of time, well then that's kicking into feeling really really stressed because they're thinking, well they're not coming back. They don't feel they haven't got that. Whereas a child who's securely attached would be like, it's okay, they'll come soon. I know it's all right. So yeah, it's um that it can definitely create fear the trauma to someone who feels Definitely. already insecure. Definitely. So your, you, what was your school life like around that time then? And um, friends and stuff like that? Um, pre, around when my dad waited to leave till I started my secondary school, so to like help me a bit, you know, because I think he didn't want to leave as I was like transitioning. Um, but so I was in a lovely, happy junior school and then went to seniors and my senior school. Had lots of friends, always, I've always really been, um, you know, lucky to, and, and, you know, thankful. I've always, I've always had 
great friends. And yeah. um, but I did get I did get bullied in secondary school quite badly, and and um, that that wasn't nice. Um, and the school weren't very helpful. Um, and yeah, that was that ruined my senior school experience really. Um, but yeah, Dad wasn't around as well, you know. So yeah, because he's not there to, because he's, he's seen as a protector, isn't he? So he's not there to kind of for someone for you to run and you know the, almost like the shot yeah. fly on and and be there. Um, that kind of you know we have our mums, but the, 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 you know as much as they're saying. And me mum. Yeah. Sorry, Andrew. Sorry. Yeah, me me mum was me mum because mum and dad got together really young. Um, my mum like let loose when she'd split up with me dad <laughs> I started going out with lots of lots of fellas so right, okay. actually my mum was not really being the best to her home it was quite you know that wasn't great right. so she was you know dating she felt like she was reliving her youth you know <laughs> yeah 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 I get yeah I, I can understand that way she's um she's been with somebody and yeah, for a, yeah. From a young age, and then all of a sudden, she's like free. Wow! Holy <laughs> <laughs> you world out there. Yeah. yeah. And you're so basically, you're what you're at that time. Then, as a as a teenage girl, young um, teenage girl, you you your parents are split up. You you your mum's. Um, what is, what is it called? Footloose and fancy free. <laughs> <laughs> and your and your dad's traveling. So time in the house and t- you you had more time. Was there more thinking time? Was you know because what I'm trying to grasp is, is is at that time. Your how did you, how did you feel about you? you and I understand that you felt upset upset or but at the time. And you and you kind of questioning why? Were you ever told why you split up, or was it just something you know you, you to be seen and not heard? Um, no, it was really it was fine to talk about it, and our family's very open. Yeah. Um, we talk about everything. The only thing that they the pair of them had sort of decided that they they said, look, you know, we're not going to go into the like nitty-gritty details but we're gonna just be both very civil and fine with each other but just say it was said like oh you know we fell out of love we fell out of love with each other we still care about each other but we've fallen out of love with each other and I felt I don't think I felt sad or I felt I was just getting on with stuff really and I don't you know you I don't think you can remember can you that much in detail of how you were and at that moment but yeah no it was okay that we talked about things but then mum this is something I really respect them for because you know I think a lot of crap can get flung and it's really hard to not um, do that when your relationship splits up and it's something like I really admire them that they never did that because it was only when I was probably about 18 maybe 17 or something I had those conversations and I said oh well what really happened and and the both of them did tell then you know well this is what really was going on and um that was fine you know I really respected that yeah why we why we to talk about your bullying as well why were you bullied at school because I'm I'm hearing a lot I'm hearing a lot of this on there's last couple of conversations 
last couple of um, podcasts I've done has been yeah. people talking about bullied and you know kids have these things where they bully each other at school and stuff like that or kids bully kids at school and, and it's a common thing um, it's, it's, it's interesting to find out why what was your situation in, in you know And just our mental health and how we cope. How how what was your kind of coping mechanisms at the time? Were you because some people throw themselves into books, um, some people might throw themselves into music. What what was your thing to help you cope? My thing is usually exercise, really mm. exercise, and that's where um, after after school finished, I, um, I you know like I'm saying before, I had an eating disorder, and I ended up like with a bit of an exercise addiction um and I think that you know that's probably my thing I've always turned to is fitness I run um and yeah exercise has always been the thing that I use really when I'm feeling like overwhelmed or stressed yeah looking back now do you feel that there was do you ever you spoke about not liking school was there times where you never where you work in the morning and you never wanted to go to school because you thought yeah lots, you know, of, lots of times I would go to school and something might happen and I would just leave school and I'd go and get the bus to my nan's um, and turn up at my nan's doorstep <laughs> I mean my nan would ring me mum and be like oh she's here <laughs> yeah. um, so I probably would just and I did love school like I it was feel really sad because I absolutely loved school. I love learning and I still love learning now. And um, I 
I, the school I went to was a really crap school and I ended up going to a sixth form, which was a different school yeah. and they were really good at pushing and really more academic and I, I did really well even in a crap school, but if I'd have gone to a better school, I'd have done even better and I think it was a bit of a shame that because I went there it just was quite like, it just was coasting through and not the best experience and I wish I would have gone to another school really and that experience of the sixth form was like wow this is how it could have been yeah Yeah, so you can't you almost you almost feel cheated out of school yeah you know the first part of your life yeah and then the second part it's sad really isn't it and I think senior school I'm really you know a bit cautious of like oh how's it going to be for my children because I think it's such a time in your life where you're never ever going to be thrown together in that much of a container with that many personalities who are all trying to find their identity and like so much judgment's going on so much like oh you know camaraderie's going on you all don't know who you are figuring yourself out and and you're like god this is like hard work like for isn't it yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah, I always say to the, I always say to the children, I've said to the children over the years that you've got to remember that you're when from primary school to senior school, you're when you get to year six in the primary school, you're a big fish in a little pond. But where you're going to next is going to be um, you're going to be a little fish in a big pond, and then you're going to grow yeah. into a big fish. So and it's that growth totally. and change. Um, so yeah. You you yeah, felt, that's a good way of putting it, isn't it? Yeah, you, that's great. you felt you felt under you felt. Um, disappointed and upset by 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 school life. Um, what what age were you when you when you were struggling with the um, eating disorder? Um, probably just as I was when I left school, um, say seventeen onwards until. I was 22 when I met my partner, um, so in those years I felt a bit, I think I felt a bit lost really because I didn't really love going out much. I had a lot of friends but some of the friends were some of the group were core friends, some of them weren't, some of them weren't that nice to me, some of them were ones who'd been not nice to me before in school, so I just sort of felt on the edge of that group a bit. I used to go to the gym. Uh, I was studying, I went to university, but even at university, I was very much under eating now when I look back. Um, I was going to the gym in all my free time. I was going in the gym. I was going to the gym in the day. I was going in the gym in the night, going to classes and staying in the gym till like 10 o'clock at night, not eating. My periods stopped. Um, I was really low weight for me, which, you know, I look back and think, how the hell could I be, like, that size now? You know, I know my body. Uh, And I just really, I I look back and think now how much now I, you know, I'm aware of self-love and and I I think, gosh, like, I really, really did not love myself one bit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was going to say to you as well, because you spoke about being bullied and... You just mentioned there about self-love because I'm because yeah, I know that's what it is. It's the self-love part um, because you've been knocked. The, the love is the self-love has been knocked out of you. The self-love that's supposed to come as a teenager, growing up, particularly as a as a female, because what happens is if, you know as you know anyway, females grow. You grow as males. Ma- males tend to, don't tend to mature as much. 
as you know as quickly um so the female's always looking for an identity changing the hair um looking at other girls and and check you know just making sure and even check maybe sometimes checking out the boys and competition starts to up around the teenage uh, age so you even with all that you've managed to like you just said you went to university so you, there must have been a, um, a part part of you that was confident enough to go to university yeah, I've always been like really, really ambitious though. Yeah. Always like ridiculously, um, like even to my own detriment, that I set myself really massive goals. <laughs> you know, um, that's something I've always striving, always like, well, I want to achieve, want to achieve. So. And then I do, you know, some of that was like, is that related to the fact that I want to make my dad proud? Do I want to make me proud? But I, th- I think I've reflected on that in my own self-awareness in that I want to make me proud. Yeah. yeah. So um, I was always driven. Didn't really, direct, didn't know exactly what I wanted to do, but I knew, that, you know, I wanted, because I did business studies as my first degree. Yeah. Um, because it was quite open and it, like I'd grew up in an entrepreneur. My dad had his own business, my mum had her own business, so they were entrepreneurial. So I'd always wanted that. So I thought, well, business studies on a label me to do lots of things. Were you able to go and visit your dad at this during this time? Yeah, yeah, and I always have had dad's always been there, you know, always consistently. I've always felt he's there, yeah. um, but you know, not always physically yeah. there you know um, but yeah always had the relationship and yeah yeah and quite often what what, what I've you know what I've started well what, quite often what we see is that when somebody's gone through trauma they take to something that it then becomes an addiction so it could be a drugs it could be it could be alcohol it could be whatever takes but your 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 addiction tend to seem, seem to be the gym. Yeah. So it's yeah. almost like you were punishing, not punishing yourself, yeah, punishing yourself for all the things that has happened to you, the, the bullying, um, you, 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 your mum and dad splitting up, and then your dad going to a different country, and then you're not feeling, you're not feeling love. How was your, how was you, how were you feeling in terms of? wanting a relationship or meeting a, a, a boyfriend and things like that? Um, all throughout that, I'd had, like, different relationships. Yeah. Um, I was I was in a relationship... When I was 18, I was in probably, like, a two-and-a-half-year relationship. Yeah. Then after that, I had another, like, two shorter-term ones, and then met my husband so I was always like um open to to relationships and you know what I've always been quite there's only one relationship I wasn't very secure in but apart from that I'd say you know because you would assume that I might be the type of person that would be seeking someone to make me happy or like you know like giving myself totally to because I was seeking love but I wasn't really I was quite I tell you what the first relationship I was I was the relationship wasn't the best and we decided we were going to split up but when 
we decided to split up I clung on and was like oh I can't let go I need you I need you yeah. didn't want to be alone um, and then other relationships after that I definitely let myself down because they definitely didn't treat me in the way I should have been treated and then um, only when I met the partner I'm with now um, you know that's been a healthy one so I'd say probably I did give give too much of myself and was looking for someone yeah, to complete me I was going to say that I was going to say that, that I would have said that you would have been looking um, mainly even subconsciously I mean you might not even think of yourself but that you're looking for that male male role model yeah. the, the replacement yeah but this is a really interesting because my sister is definitely more that's what happened with her yeah. with with her um, since dad since you know that happened and dad left she always fell in love like that like instantly fell in love ran him at, like give everything to the relationship just left you know everything else in her life didn't really matter the, that give herself fully even though the person might not actually be perfect like yeah. so every relationship was like we're getting engaged you know proper like full on and, and that's because i always was like well you're just seeking she wanted that loyalty that security that she didn't have yeah funny again should we come that, out in that yeah both things it's, it's funny again because you're both seeking it in, in in a kind of in for, for different not same reason but different reasons in a sense because obviously one of you has has gone through like you say the, the relationship you know the mum and dad relationship in a different way you've seen as an older person you would have you see the split as a young person you don't really see the split split um you know that there's split, but you don't see it. And but where's your right in the middle of it? Um, and let's uh, you, we talk about the you put your, you kind of threw yourselves into you threw yourself into the gym. That was your that was your addiction. And then your your partner comes along, your new partner comes along. Did you, did your addiction to the gym affect your relationships? with friends because you said you was at night and in, and even your, your past partners yeah um, even at home my mum would have my mum wasn't really strong enough for me to listen though because mum would say oh you know you shouldn't go stop you need to eat more blah 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 and I'd just be like yeah 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 whatever didn't really listen because I did lost a lot of respect for it yeah. from what had happened when her behaviour had been the way it had yeah. I lost that respect she didn't have that power over me so um, I was just doing what I wanted and then um, friendships like I, like I said I'd go out sometimes with my friends but I I do really stupid things in like I'd say to myself, I'm going to go out with my friends on Saturday, but before that, I must do this, this, this. I must do, like, a hundred leg things, a hot, like, so many workouts on that. I'd set, like, these mad targets for myself, and I definitely think I had... It's a bit of, like, OCD, but exercise OCD, because I'd set these, like, numbered... And eating, I was so... Um, Oh, the detail of like I wouldn't eat I would literally like I'd never eat after a certain time it would be like how can I eat after like you know it's just a full no so it would impact how I could socially eat as well because yeah, I wouldn't yeah. go to things because I can't eat normally it stops you from going and, um, and things like that yeah. Yeah. yeah but then when I met my partner I knew 
and I knew I had to it was like an awareness in myself that I knew if I want to have a relationship I've got to start changing this and I did it I, ju- I did it myself slowly like we'd go out for a meal and I'd be like at first I couldn't eat bread because it really gave me stomach upset but that was probably because it wasn't used to it yeah. and I actually was taking slimming tablets as well um, which were really bad yeah, I was taking bad, um, fat metabolizers and all this stuff when I'd go to the gym so it would make your heart I was taking so much but self abuse I feel now yeah, like ha- the is. thought of me yeah. doing that to myself it's like self harm yeah that's really yeah. that's how, what it is. how that's, it... That's what it is. That's what trauma does. It, it leads to addiction of, some, some of things. And it, and it leads to things like you are self-harming by taking drugs. You are self-harming by... You are self-harming by um, yeah. cuts on your arms and things like that. Or just doing anything, running barefoot, you know, constantly up mountains yeah. until your feet, feet wreck and, until you, and you don't feel them anymore and things like that. It's, you know, so many things that we do and we don't we don't realize until it's too sometimes it's too late or it comes to a point where somebody comes into our lives and helps us or or we yeah. break down even we may break down yeah. um at some point yeah it's really um it, you know and that's it it's not being aware of what you're doing and i don't think i was and only now i've like i only reflected i did i recorded a podcast of me and on my own podcast of about the eating disorders and it was because i just come to it was when nikki graham died and i thought you know what actually i forgot about that that i went through that because yeah. i you just you know but when you think about it it is really sad and i feel sorry for me then but i've never felt like that before but only when you get that realization of it of like oh yeah how would that feel to do that now like i would never do that to myself now yeah, yeah. And you, you know and i tell a child yeah you do exactly as well yeah i tell no because looking at my kids and thinking what if my daughter did that like how would i feel now yeah, yeah. you know yeah and and did mm. anybody else know about your um away from you know you just meeting your partner before that was anybody did you keep was you keeping this this whole thing a secret with the tablets and and the gym and obviously people knew you were going to the gym but did they realize that it was as bad as as it was no no i don't i mean i think i don't think my mum knew what i was probably taking i think she might have known i was taking something but i don't think mum understood it Mum doesn't really believe in much of... She's like, crack on, get on with stuff type of attitude. Um, she will listen. She very much, like, you know, she'll listen to what I say, but I don't think she would have known what to do about it. And when I met my partner, he 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 knew. He was like, You're, you know, you need to stop, blah, blah, blah. And I'd hide, like, slimming tablets from him. And um, I... And then I started to adjust and I knew I needed to stop. And the, one of the biggest steps was having to move in because I was like, I'm going to have to cook tea and I'm going to have to eat a normal dinner. Yeah. And this is like, I'm because at home, I could get away with not eating a normal dinner because my mum wouldn't make me have tea. Yeah, yeah. I'd just say, oh, I'm going to the gym, I'll get it later. So I could get away with things where I thought I can't, he's going to know. And that was like a big step and it was scary I remember thinking oh you know internally like you know I've got to 
I'm going to have to like overcome this yeah. and and I'm not going to get fat I'm not going and it was like wow I'm not getting fat I can't actually eat a dinner yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. it was it was um, a real yeah it was a real like adjustment and um, getting over it and I did and I slowly you know reduced and as well you know having kids and wanting kids is a big thing it's like you know you want to be healthy don't you and um you can't do that if you're doing that to yourself yeah but also you're falling another thing as well is that you're falling in love you're meeting somebody who's who's actually in a sense loves you loves you, well. loves you. He, he actually loves you at the time you probably think oh you know growing up you probably thought oh you know, my, my, my dad doesn't love me, my mum doesn't love me, because we go through these things. Because as children, we don't understand life and we question things. And we, you know, we, you know, and even through te- teenage, we question, like I said to you, it can, it can impact people in different ways to the point where they think that the world doesn't love them because their parents don't love them because, you know, they've left or yeah. moved, moved away. And so you're now, yeah. you've then met somebody who's, who's actually saying to you, you know what this you know this is he's kind of like putting his foot down saying well you know this needs to change this needs to stop um and he's not doing it for the benefit of himself in a sense he's doing it for the benefit of you because he can see this you become a fitness as you say fitness junkie um yeah and i mean i'm I'm saying that because you know when we say junkies we often associate we're junkies to to tablets and stuff like that but there's other things that can be associated and these things impact our lives, like you say, even to the point where you're worrying about, it was got to the point, so, so far gone, that you were worrying about cooking a dinner, anxiety's kicking in, and things like that. Um, and also, you, you said something then about your mum, you said your mum's always been a person that's, um, what, you say, what was the word you use? A kind of get up and go or whatever. And, Just, um... Just like you know, just get on with it attitude, and I'm not saying she's in any way like she's not you. cold or she. Uh, gosh, she's you. That's you. Because you, you think, yeah, because you mentioned it earlier as well. Because you said I'm a get up and go person. I'm a, and then yeah. the, what, what that's done is led to you. Obviously, the tra- the trauma then impacts the get up and go, and like you said, it be t- takes on that. You said it even took on the fact that it might be OCD and all that because the get up and go drove you so far that way. And there wasn't a balance. So there's similarities there in terms of, you know, you, you might think, but you, we take we do take traits from our our parents. Um, yeah, we do. Definitely. Yeah. So you you you, you finally you finally de- decide this is enough. I've, you know, you kind of obviously it's, it's t- it must take over a certain time. It wasn't just like cut off just like that. No, um, no. How it was bit by bit. Yeah, yeah. Bit by bit, little steps on the way. Um, and you, did you reduce? Obviously, you had to reduce the gym time and then and things like that. Yeah, well, it wasn't. The, the thing is, I think it was a lot to do with like emptiness, though, isn't it? As well, and I think I didn't. When I look back, it was like filling an emptiness of. I probably felt empty inside, so I was filling it with the gym, and then then I had my partner, and we had our house, and and we were busy because we were doing our house up, and I had better things to do. So I think a lot of that was feeling lost, feeling empty, and then I started getting things in my life and that made me go, I don't want to fill it with that anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then obviously you had the children. And so the yeah. children then, I'm going to presume, you know, and I don't sound, I don't want to sound this obvious, but it is. 
I would say, it would have brought a, a new perspective in your life. And, you know, here you are with a child, you've got a husband or partner, you've got a children. Um, how did that impact you? And, and was, did it give you a sort of... Because quite often... Oh. quite Sorry, I was going to say to you, because quite often we we go through broken relationships. You know, my mum's... You know, we, we, I come from a broken home. And... Um, we don't want that for our child, so quite often we kind of. Oh yeah. You know, we 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 want to love them. We want to feel like we're loving them even more. We're not going to let you go. I'm not going to leave you like what my dad did to you or my mum or whatever it may be. Um, yeah. Is that what, is that how... It drives you on. Yeah. It definitely it's driven me on massively to always be. I'm going to work at things I want to build a successful marriage. Um, so I've got like a real, yeah, that's something. Uh, I really, it's like a big pride thing of like, I really, really want to work at that. And to, to if if I couldn't make it work, it would be a real hard thing for me to go, I've, I've not achieved that. Yeah. So for me, it does put a lot of, um, but I really believe that we've got really good core foundations in our relationship and there is difficult times, but I mean, we've been together 15 years now, but um, there's always going to be, it takes work, it takes work and it, it does all the time yeah. and it's not always going to be amazing and overall the grass isn't always green and there's always like a different perspective, isn't there? And like, I do just think if you've got some core values that you both have, and you both, you know, want to make it work, then it'll maintain you. Yeah, but it does take commitment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, and that's so true, isn't it? Um, so let's bring us up to the point now where look, you're smiling. You, you know, there's parts of this thing, you know, obviously it's not being, it's not video recorded, but the listeners out there, she's, she's, she's talking, you know, now we're talking about love and she's found that love through the partner and the, the kids. Let's talk about you and, and what's brought to you to, to this point of you wanting to help others through your work. And where, yeah. and where did that come from? Where, where did that come from? So career-wise, like before, I said I did business studies and I, before I actually had my children, there was about, I did my degree, it was about 10 years of work and being like I said quite ambitious and really working my way up and I went into um, business jobs like business relationship manager, personal assistant, you know that type of stuff um, and oh, an office manager one in a care home which the care home working in a care home actually it was a, it was a care home with people with brain injuries actually um, and it was quite specialised so I mean it was a charity and that like clicked something in me when I worked there of wow this feels different it feels like it's making a difference it feels like I loved the, the, the residents I loved it and that reward that I felt changed flipped a little thing in me I'd always um so yeah until i had the children i'd always like been really like you know ambitious i actually even did a quantity surveying masters madly i don't know why i did because <laughs> i felt like i wanted to do something um in build 
towards him because my dad was in yeah, a builder. Yeah, you wanted to follow you, yeah, um, yeah, construction. Yeah. yeah. But um in the end it didn't follow that path. But um I was gonna say then something about that. So um what was I gonna say? Anyway, yeah, so I, I was doing that job um and then I went to have my children and oh yeah i was probably figuring myself you know you, you you're learning a lot about yourself through life aren't you and and i just come to like a realization of i am an empath i have people open up to me really easy i really um that it's just an ability in me and i was like what i thought oh everyone talks to people like that or you know and i was like no actually people used to come to me a lot and I'd not give advice, I'd not like, you know, I'd just listen and be that person who would be non-judgmental. And I had this just as like a natural ability. And I never, I didn't think that was anything special. I just thought, oh, everyone's like that. And then I've come to realise, no, actually, you're really good at that. So um, in the time when I had me, I had three children really quite close together. And I ended up, um, Rushing back to work, and then and suffered um, anxiety, panic attacks, um, and then postnatal depression. Yeah. Um, and in that time, ended up leaving work. My husband said, "Oh, look, just take like six months out." And because I'd had my children really close, and it was a lot. You know, they were. I had three years between the boys, but then I had fifteen months between. Me, that, me last two yeah. so I had three under five and we just moved house and done an extension and all kinds so like it was quite a lot and my boss had just asked me to work abroad doing stuff and I thought you know what I, I can't I can't do that so it took a bit of time out and reflected on who I felt like I was and I felt like I'd never really felt fulfilled in work uh, you know only that time when I worked in that company and um, I thought you know what's the thing and it was that seeking proud feeling proud like because it's something of no matter how much I've achieved and I've we've achieved lots you know we've achieved like um having having me children lovely homes you know career goals but never really felt proud really yeah. ever you know in myself and um, I thought, what's the thing that I would love to do? And how can I, you know, I think realising I love to help people, I love that connection. I'm thinking, well, what, you know, what's that? What do I want to do? And that's when I decided to undertake my counselling studies. And um, that's been my journey for like the past three and a half years. And I've ne- I'm finally nearly yeah. <laughs> feeling proud yeah. you know it's it's um it's so rewarding in the way you know i'm currently on placement with children and on placement with adults and the work that i do and the difference you know that i hear in clients and it's just it's just you know it's it's so it's so rewarding and you know you're actually archie you know it's people's lives that you make an impact in and it's just you know the best thing so i think it's a lot to do with and experiencing my own postnatal depression and um, that really taught me and I still actually experience depression now. I do get um, ups and downs and I use a lot of self-care now because I know what works for me. Yeah. 
Um, these days, you know, when you get more self-aware, you are able to know what to do yeah, yeah. When, I, when I experience that. So, um, yeah, I think that's really powered me on because I know what depression feels like. I really do. And that helps me have empathy then, you know, for my clients and anxiety and, you know, experiencing like panic attacks. And that, that really teaches you because I think, you know, if you haven't, experienced it and I think that's where a lot of stigma does come from that people haven't experienced it so they don't know how how can you what do you mean you feel like that um and that's something because people don't when you can't see it you can't feel it you just you can't comprehend it can you and and a lot of people don't and it's amazing if you don't ever experience that mental ill health you know it is but um to understand it you know yeah, and we all do. We do all do. We all. I've always said this on the on the podcast is that we all experience. Um, we all are mental health. We all are every single human being, and it's where we are yeah. on that line. You know, one thing can tip us. You know, you know. I use this in an exaggeration, but in the morning, you know, you could drop a cup and it smashes, and then that makes you angry for the rest of the day, and it, and then you get angry with your kids. Your kids go oh, go away, go to school or whatever. Then you're going home and you're truffing. You're beeping your home through traffic just by that one cup falling and breaking yeah. on the floor, and it can lead yeah. to other things, um, probably even more fatal things in, later down the road. And and you, and you bring it back, and you think, "Gosh, it was only a, I was only angry over that cup." So we we do, and it's about finding the balance, isn't it? It's about finding the balance and and understanding where we our cutoff points is and where we draw where we draw the line. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk to you again about you know because I know we've been talking for a bit longer but I'd like to talk to you about postnatal depression in another podcast because I think people would like to hear about um, what it means yeah. and, and and things like that. Um, so t- t- kind of big yourself up now because this is your opportunity. I mean I've, I think I've seen some. I think there's been a bit of, of you know been a bit of emotion there. You thinking back yeah. and, and I could tell. I know um, and you know there's probably some tears. There's some tears. So now this is your opportunity. You've shined all the way through, but now this is your opportunity <laughs> to shine and let people know right. what it is you do, what is it you actually do with these people, what is it you, you know, what your clients do, you, or you work for yourself, and what's your business called or the business that you work for? Well, I'm not really there yet, but obviously very soon. Um, yeah, I'm going. Well, my my business is Wellbeing with Laura. Um, I'm on Instagram, Facebook, and my website will be ready soon. Um, I'm soon to be um, a qualified integrative counsellor under um, registered like under the BACP and the CPCAB. Um, so I can work with clients, you know, on any range of um, you know mental health or well-being um, challenges. Um, I'm. I well, I class myself as a well-being coach. I'm a qualifying coach, but really specialising in well-being. And soon, I'm going to be launching some really great, like well-being sessions. I'm planning on launching them soon, so um, keep an eye out for that. Um, yeah, that's that's a bit about me, really. Oh, you, yeah? now, now you're downplaying it. Now. <laughs> no, now you're downplaying it. Are you are you going to be doing this from home? Is it is it are you going to set up somewhere? Is it something that you want to do that you're going to get clients? Have you had clients already? And have you are you able to get clients worldwide? I, I have had clients. Um, I've had clients in Australia. 
have had clients, yeah, at the moment I work Zoom um, and phone. I hope to have a place um, sometime soon. I do walk and talk sessions and I'm going to offer them when I'm qualified. Um, there's walk- other areas which... Sorry, I was going to say, just to cut you there, but what is a walk and talk session for those that are Oh, so, yeah, well, um, you know, counselling and therapy can now be, you know, delivered in walk and talk sessions, which is really um, great way, you know, to connect with nature as well and do, um, you know, a talk. So, yeah, you can have them in like local parks or, you know, somewhere you choose where you meet up. And so you just, you know, you walk and you have your therapy outside, which is really nice because it can take away from that, you know, um, enclosed space of a a therapy room and you know connecting with nature is really good for us isn't it our well-being so they're really nice and that really appeals to me because you know I love the outdoors we're a very outdoors family and yeah I just really advocate how much nature is you know amazing for our well-being something else I want to touch on is like I'm really passionate about children's well-being and children's mental health and um you know I am in the future developing some sessions around like growth mindset and um, you know all about children's well-being so that's something that I plan to do in the future and um, working doing some facilitating for an organisation which is called Evolving Mindset and they offer free programmes um, in Liverpool like they're online a six session programme um, and they're all around like mindset how to you know how to manage stress anxiety and uh, all really positive tools so that's something that that's great that I'm part of um, yeah so yeah so do you feel that this all oh, this is part of your your journey your healing your, your healing healing process Yeah, in in helping others really, isn't it? Um, and and seeking to feel to feel proud of what I do and feel rewarded in the work I do because I really believe that you know we're only here once, aren't we? You know, I want to use this time, you know, in the best way. It's precious. It's so precious the time we have. So I wouldn't want to waste it on something that isn't fulfilling and isn't you know reward and helping other people with the you know with your experiences that you've you've had in life and taking them and using them positively and yeah to, to help others yeah and just just before just before we kind of wrap this up um have, have you have you found or is it not yet have you found peace with your with your mum and 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 your dad, or more so, I would say both equally, but have you found peace with them, been able to talk with them and kind of come to terms with, you know, what might have happened? Yeah, yeah, I've always, the relationships I have with mum and my mum and dad have always actually been amazing, really, like, in, you know, no matter all that, yeah. that happens, I think it was about finding peace with myself Closer, yeah. and um, I think figuring out why I was doing behaviours and, and going on my counselling journey, my level three was massively um, really fundamental in um, me, in me figuring out myself, you know, that self-awareness I gained. Um, I'd have just, that was just like so powerful, just that on its own. And since then I've still been growing and, you know, and now I practice a lot of like self-acceptance, self compassion self-love and it's like an ongoing process isn't it and um 
it, it is a practice I just think it's always a practice we're not masters of it sometimes we can flick back into our old behaviours or our old thought patterns of like being really critical of ourselves and stuff but I'm so much more aware of like the voice inside and how I feel and um, yeah that's um, it's just been really that that's been great in me coming to a, a feeling of yeah I actually like myself now and I love myself and you you know um yeah feeling better and feeling proud feeling proud has been a big thing for me you use that yeah you use that word a lot because I, I can what I'm thinking there I'm associating the word proud with how we how our parents are meant to make us feel um, by saying you, we, we're proud of. I'm proud of you, Laura, or I'm proud of what you've done. And it's almost a sense of you've got to try and get that for yourself now. Find feeling proud of you, your your own. Yeah. Um, what would you say to people that may be struggling um, at the moment with with some of the things that you may have gone through, the bullying and all that sort of stuff, and just um, life. What would you? What would you? What are two couple of lines? What you would say to somebody now that maybe out there who's listening to your story that may be struggling? Um, it's hard, isn't it? Because everyone's situation is going to be different. And but it's just always like be kind to yourself and um, just because just sometimes because you don't get that that love and affection from other people it's like you feel that you don't deserve it but you always deserve it you know it's it's not it's not you it's not you is it it's them usually who are dealing with their own things and issues and it's not you it isn't you and you deserve love you deserve to be loved um and just be kind to yourself and don't, you know, don't harm yourself, don't feel, because um, it's it's not, it's just not nice, so it's practising that really, isn't it? I think self-love is so powerful, you know, practising self-love and self-forgiveness is really, really powerful because forgiving yourself for stuff that isn't your fault. Definitely. Mm. Definitely. And what's life like for you now? What's you know what are your you know what are things away from the gym and and not watching Liverpool because that's been that's been a, that's been over the years a a, a trauma in itself. Um, what's life like been What's life been like for you? Uh, what's life like for you now? What are the things that you do to cope and kind of do you go out for walks like saying being in nature? What are the things? What's life like for you? Oh yeah. Go shopping, eyelashes. Yeah. <laughs> I think I found I found lots of things now that I. Um, that make me feel good. I lo- I, I appreciate lo- well. I make sure that I make time for things like being creative. Um, and yeah, always like um, checking in with myself regularly of how I feel. Always like you know, what do I need? What do I need this week? What do I need today? How I'm feeling? Um, and practice. So yeah, exercise, spending time with my children, really quality. You know, really, but being being present, being present with them, not not just being there yeah, yeah, yeah. being actually there because that's a big thing for me my head would always be somewhere else and I think gosh you know what you're missing you're missing it yeah. um so practicing being present present and yeah um and something I've done more recently is give up alcohol and I'm and it's not because I had an issue it's just 
I don't feel it's actually benefiting me and I hope it continues because uh, I feel really good um, for me and just yes spending I'm really committed at the moment to lots of things. I've got to, I have to do voluntary hours for me placement for me course. So I'm up to 50 hours now. I've got to do 120. So lots of time spent on counselling, uh, working towards goals, business goals. Um, yeah, family, just um, balance, seeking balance all the time. Yeah. It's an ongoing um, process, you. isn't it? Yeah, it's I'd like to say this has been a, a very pleasant conversation and um, it's been great hear, hearing your story. I mean, I'm sure people get a lot a lot from it. I'm sure you've got a lot from this and probably listen back, you probably get a lot from it. Um, and I'd like to say yeah. thank you for, for coming on. I'd like to speak to you again about, you know, um, postnatal depression and things like that. You, you know, it can be 15 minutes, 20 minutes, yeah. however long you want. But uh, it'd be nice for people to hear about what that is and what that... What, you know because obviously it affects people in different definitely ways. yeah definitely it would be great because it wasn't even just postnatal depression it was actually quite a bit of um struggling with the change of identity and i've become a mum so that would be really um be interesting good. as well really yeah as well, so yeah. yeah yeah but thank you andrew it's been it's been really lovely and i haven't actually shared that that um much before so yeah it's um i'm sure i'll feel it's a real good experience for me to share that and see how that feels because I do this for clients yeah. myself. So, yeah, it's good for me to do it. So it's been really lovely. I'm so grateful that you've took the time to listen. And, um, yeah, thank you. And that was Men Are Nuts. Speak to you soon.